Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we've got another sponsor to tell you about, Phil Supreme. They're a nationally recognized brand who offer only the very highest quality of natural supplements. Their extensive range includes a range of medicinal mushrooms, nootropics, anti-aging products, gut support products, green powders, vitamins, and much more. Yep, they've worked with fighters from all the top promotions, including UFC, Bellator, brave and cage warriors with a solid reputation of providing results. So check them out on Instagram, which is at Phil underscore Supreme or their website, www.philsupreme.co.uk and make sure you use the code MMAFAN for a cool 15% off your first order. Don't say we don't spoil you. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me, as ever, the sultry, dulcet tones of one Stu Whiffin. How are you, Stu? Hi, Blake. Um, I uh, I was going to go for the big hello there. Like, you went in really quick. Normally, like, we both have a little sort of face-off, and then one of us kind of goes for it. And I always look forward to your kind of overexcited, uh, hello! Um, but I thought, I'm going to go for it. But you literally, I went, right, we recorded it, and you went straight in and gazumped me. Yeah. Yeah, you got got to stay on your toes when you're with me, mate. Okay. Never know what's coming. Okay. Um, we've got a great guest for you today. <laughs> moving okay, on. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so, <laughs> before Blake gets weird, let's just move on. Oh uh, well, all right. Look, let, let's let's have some pleasantries. How you been? Yeah, really good. Really, really good. I'm trying to think what's what's been going on. We've got a busy. Well. This will go out after they've happened. Mm. We, what we're about to do is we've got actually a busy few days of mm. interviews. We've got our guest on right now. We've got Liam Harrison later. We've got a bunch of Cage Warriors interviews to do mm. to lead up to Double Trouble. Obviously, you're now realising we recorded this episode quite a while maybe before it's come out because uh, we've got a bunch of others that we need to get through. But it's just been um, loads of researching fights mm. and fighters, which is which is great fun. I've been trolling through the fight pass, looking at, at different Cage Warriors fighters, including uh, the guy we're having on uh, uh, today, uh, and just looking through their back catalogue of, of fights, which has just been loads of fun. Absolutely. I'll probably remind you at the end as well, but speaking of back catalogue, go and have a look at the back catalogue of this podcast when you finish listening to today's episode, because, um, yeah, there's stacks of stuff for you to, uh, to enjoy and get lost in. Um, but right now, should we get on with today's episode? Yes, we've got a really exciting guest today, a fantastic striker who's coming off his first UFC win, uh, a cracking knockout of Karma Worthy. Uh, leading up to that, he'd had two losses in the UFC. So, you know, he went into this fight, and we talk about, about this with, you know, that the nerves, the self-doubt, wondering, you know, is he going to be cut if he loses that fight? Uh, thankfully, he didn't. He got a fantastic win. And uh, hopefully this is just the beginning of, of his journey through the UFC ranks to kind of keep building and, and progressing. He's a former Cage Warriors champion and a very, very exciting fighter. Who is it? Oh, do you not know? No. 
Oh, well, I'll tell you. It, Go on, then. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the Black Country Banger, Jai Herbert. Ooh. <laughs> Jai, welcome to the show. Um, we we want to start by just going, like, where, where did you grow up? Were you, did you grow up in Wolverhampton? And if so, how, how was that? Yeah, I grew up in I grew up in Wolverhampton, man. Um, but yeah, I've lived here all my life. Um, a few different areas in Wolverhampton, but yeah, mainly I grew up in uh, an area called Low World in Wolverhampton, Castle State. Um, a bit of a you know one of them ones, but uh, <laughs> I think it made me the person <laughs> made me the person I am today, you know. Um, and yeah, I love Wolverhampton to be honest. You know, it's 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 not a uh, not as special, I suppose, but it's where I'm from, and you know, I, I love it and I'm, I'm proud of it. Yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with a council estate, mate. I grew up on a council estate in yeah. Peckham, you know. I think the best Peckham. people come from there. So, uh, yeah, that's it. And Peckham's yeah. a very very different place now to what it was when I was growing up there. It's, it's, all, been, it's all gentrified now. People are like, oh, let's go out for a night in Peckham. I'm like, are oh, you fucking okay. crazy? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> back, back in the 90s and the early 2000s, you were not going for a night out in Peckham, let me assure you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so was it a place where you felt like you had to be comfortable with, with confrontation in, in Wolverhampton? Yeah, 100%. Uh, don't get me wrong, not, um, not everywhere in Wolverhampton. It's just like every other place, yeah. isn't it? You know, there's always nice parts of Wolverhampton. But uh, where I grew up is like, yeah, I am um, 100%, man, you know. Um, and if you weren't comfortable with it, uh, like and people saw, then you were just going to be a victim. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, basically, you had to stick. You had to stick up for yourself, and not just stick up for yourself. But I feel like you had to do. You had to sort of prove yourself as well to yeah. get respect of other people. You know what I mean? Um. So yeah, yeah. I got in a bit of you know. You know, he's growing up, growing up. Like say, if you come from Peckham, you must know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I probably had. A, I was indoors playing computer games and not really going out i dealt with it that way i was like i'm not really cut out for that kind of lifestyle i'm just going to kind of hide away for a while for a few years <laughs> you know um but yeah so so is is that what led you down the pathway to kind of get into martial arts then the, the idea of like i need to be able to handle myself or was it something else that nah. led you to martial arts no nah, i mean i've already i've had fight like you know i've had fights when i was in when i was in school when I, like you know out of school before, before I was doing MMA, I could handle myself. Before I did MMA, um, to be honest with you, uh, like you know, I didn't go, I didn't go like I wasn't a bully or going looking to fight people and stuff like that. Um, but you know, uh, if you stuck it on me, I'm, 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 I'll have it with you. You know what I mean? Um, but I think MMA. I've always loved the fighting. I was quite hyper as a child, very active. I mean, my dad. I always wanted to play football, but he wouldn't take me to football. He took me to rugby because he found that that suited me more. Um, I was more like very like because I was a rough kid. You know what I mean? Um, so I did a lot I played a lot of rugby I played for Wolverhampton when I was younger but I was like really skinny and you know uh, so when I got to like the getting teenagers it was getting really it was getting quite hard for me you know the rugby because all the lads they were, abs- they were like grown men you know what I mean so I was getting knocked about a bit and obviously like, like, I got like I got distracted uh, you know from like when like I was early teenagers like um, I was getting distracted I got kicked out of school hanging around the streets and stuff like that so yeah but I think I've always liked MMA. I used to watch it on Bravo and stuff um, when it was like the back in the day, Bravo. Do you remember the channel Bravo? I yeah. do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who was you watching, Jai? Who, who was inspiring you then? Um, I can remember like, um, Chuck Liddell was always my favourite. Uh, I remember Chuck Liddell. I remember like Matt Hughes, GSP. Oh, I remember all them guys, man. I remember all them guys. I remember, I remember watching it even later on. Like, not, I don't think... I was watching them, but I remember like watching old footage of like, is it Mark Weir and stuff like that? People like that, uh, like the first people, like British guy. I think he was Mark Weir. I think it was he, he went in the UFC. But, like yeah, I was like so I was watching it back in the day. But then like a gym, it was a gym down the road for me. Did like karate and stuff. And then it sort it said like MMA on the side of the door. Like I mean, on the um ah oh, sorry I lost you there. Can you see me? Yeah yeah, yeah. you're good man. Yeah like it had it had MMA on the um, wall outside and I'm like MMA. Oh you know what I'm gonna go down and try it man. Probably get battered or whatever, but you know what? I'm just gonna go in there and you know get a bit fit and that. Went in there and then you know next thing you know I'm the guy. The old, like a few years later, I'm in the UFC. I only guy from Wolverhampton to do it. Do you know what I mean? So it was, it was just. I think I was born, you know, born to to do something like this, some sort of you know fighting or something like that. Like I, I reckon I just I don't know I just because like if you think about it, I was like 
I was 21, like when I first went in there. And I, then I went, I'd left for a couple of years. So I went on working away in uh, Ed, London, Edinburgh. Um, and then I come back and then at 24, I like, I started again and I had my first amateur fight around 24, 25. 26 turned pro. And then like by 31, I think it was 31, 32, 31, I got in the UFC. So like, I think like at, to do, to get into the UFC at like such, starting such a late age, you know, I was obviously, you know, I was, I was meant to do this. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I, I truly believe that like I was meant to do some sort of fighting or something. You picked it up very like late as well. I mean, to, to get into that, I mean. that age, do you, are you always someone that picked things up very quickly? Um, not, 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 not really. I, I, I never really like. I can't really think of anything that I've like like picked up or done, and I'm just like, oh, I've been really good. Like, I was no good in school at anything really, except for I was okay at football, but I was always in trouble, so they would never let me in the football team. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, like, I think I had one game for the school, yeah, because uh, I must have been behaving for like a week or something. They let me play, and then that was it. But like rugby, I was okay, but I was just not. I weren't big enough, like at that age. Um, I can't really think. But I just, I just feel like I don't know, man. I just, I just when I seen like because I loved it so much and I was so intrigued by it. My mind was just like, oh, I just can't. I just, I just got addicted to it. I'm still addicted to it now. Like I'm still chasing like perfection, even though you'll never get it. You just got to chasing like the perfection of like, all these techniques and that. But I, I think that's that's why I've got so good at him. And I was just, I was just obsessed and I'm just addicted to it. Did any of the, the sort of disciplines come easier than others? Did like the BJJ yeah. come easier, or did the stand up come easier? Like, was there any that sort of you instantly just thought, "Oh, right, I feel really comfortable with this"? Yeah, I think the um, uh, the, the kickboxing came a lot, lot easier for me. Um, I think because I was a bit, I was probably a bit ignorant at, uh, at the start of the, my, my um, career. The start, my start of training, I just thought, "Oh, I'm really good at this. I've got good fitness. You know, they can never hold me down." Crazy. So I'll just get back up and just batter them, like you know. Like so, I don't get me wrong. I did. I've, I've trained properly. I've done all the martial arts, but I've, I've um, I concentrated more on just being a top striker and and like you know and just defending, like uh, grappling. Whereas now, and I've, I've moved to renegade and stuff. Um, I'm training more like a pro. I'm trying to like you know. I'm being a more since the past few years. I'm developing my 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 wrestling, my jiu-jitsu, my attacks. You know what I mean? You know, I haven't showed it, showed it as such, but when the time comes, you know, people will see that I can. I mean, if people come down the gym and wrestle with me, certain fighters, you, like, did you see, like, oh, this guy can actually wrestle, grapple? You know, you'd be surprised. But I don't think, at the start of my career, I didn't really, you know, I was like, because I, I was so good, I, was, I took the striking really well. You know, I went that way with it. I just went, like, crazy with the striking, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I believe, though, if, if I was, like, if I really loved the grappling, I re- believe I could have got, like, super, like, really, really, like, good at, like, the jiu-jitsu and stuff. Do you know what I mean? But, I, like, I was just so in love with the striking. The, the, one of the things that we, we, we like to ask is, is more about, you know, the, the physical side of, of, of training. You know, I don't think that's ever to be to be questions. We can see, you know, that we can see that when we look at you. You're in, obviously, tip-top condition. Um, but just... Looking at the last fight, um, I want to know about the kind of uh, how you went into that fight mentally, because you know, what was it something in your head where you know was it a, a possibility that if you didn't get that that win, that could be you could be cut from the UFC? Because I think Karma's been dropped, hasn't he? Recently, yeah. I believe from the yeah. UFC was, and I just wonder how if that was a, a, a concern and was, 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 was in your head and, and how you deal with the mental side of, of training. Um, he, he, he said it was a possibility. It wasn't a, it was a certain, basically, like, you know, it was like me or him, basically. We was, we was, we was on that, down the road. Um, so I knew that I had that going into the fight to come off two losses. And I think with Karma as well, he'd, he'd, he'd had a knockout, he'd had a submission win in the UFC. So he'd already had a couple of wins. So I think if I'd have gone in the UFC and just gone Norton free and then gone, you know, it would have been like, oh, I'd have just been the guy that, oh, he weren't good enough to eat. Oh, that was that guy who got, went in the UFC and lost three times. Do you know what I mean? That was it. Mm-hmm. That's, even though I'd have tried to get back there, I just feel like you would have had that over the, over my head, like for my rest of my like, career or whatever. 
And was that no, on your was game. that on your brain then leading up to it? The thought yeah. of like you know I was a champion in Cage Warriors and, and a big deal, and there was a lot of high hopes put on you. And then you get to the UFC, and had you lost that fight against Karma, that would have been three losses cut. And it, do you ever then think, oh God, w- were you going into that fight thinking, wondering if you did have what it takes to to get a win in the UFC? Like that kind of we speak to fighters about it a lot. That that imposter syndrome thing, you know, that self doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, did, yeah, did, yeah. Did, did you have that? And how difficult was it to overcome that? Yeah, I mean, I can get. I mean, like you like you say, it was um. I had that going um, through camp, I had that in my mind, but I tried to put it back, like, I had that, like, the one side, I had that, like, in my mind, like, boom, ah, oh, you know, you're not good enough to be here, you shouldn't, like, you've lost the first two, you, if you lose the next one, you're, you're down the road, like, and, you know, he, he's just a fluke, you've got this fight, it's just a fluke, that, you think that in your head, like, even though you look back at your fight today, from the people that you fought, but you just, you just feel like yourself, like, nah, nah, you just, you just got lucky, but then you got the other side of your mind, it's like, there's no way this guy's beating me, I ain't coming all the way out, and like, no way I'm getting dropped from the UFC I mean I mean I've even been in there like after the first two fights it's a bit like surreal like I'm in the UFC you, you see you like you're touching the canvas you're, like you can see all the people outside and like there's all the people you've seen on the telly and that like you're like wow and you're thinking like you're even thinking like oh I bet they're all looking at me thinking oh this guy who's this guy he's like he's gone he's down the road soon do you know what I mean um, but I just had to put it all to the, to the back of my mind and then as soon as I touched gloves with him I just knew like oh Nah, he ain't beating me. As soon as I get a chance, as soon as I, he, he's, he comes out of shape, he's gone, like, and that's what happened. And and just you know, before you made that walk out there, and and just in general, you you your walkouts, you know, uh, throughout your career. Talk us through what your process is when you're in that back room just before you get the shot to, to, to walk out. Like we always, it's intrigued to know what fighters kind of habits are. We spoke to fighters where some of them are like, Oh, just have a sleep, which just yeah. seems insane. And then you've got other people say, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll roll or they'll, they'll hit pads. Like, I just wonder what, you know, your routine is. Um, usually depends on like, certain shows. You have to be there. Bloody like four or five hours before the fight. And like, you're sitting in the back room. So I just usually go to sleep then. But with the UFC, you're not, you're like, you get about a couple of hours or so, you're in the back. Um, and in them hours, like a couple of hours, you gotta like get changed, you gotta do a you gotta do a piss a drug test, piss test. Um you gotta get your hands wrapped and then you gotta warm up. But um I like to get my hand some people like to get their hand wrapped straight away, but I like to leave it as late as possible to get my hand wrapped. And I don't like I like to warm up but sharp. I don't like to do too much because the, the um all the nervousness like it drains you, you know, you get you just drains you, man. It zaps you. Um all that nervous energy. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to Bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So I tried to keep it to the last minute, like, and try and, try and stay sharp. Just keep myself nice and relaxed. Um, yeah, loose, just saying, saying loose in that. And, um, and that's about it, yeah, really. But I like, like I say, 
I, I try and keep all like I don't really like doing too much warm up, but I, I, I do it obviously because you have to. So I like to leave it to like the last moment. I, I have to do it like say like 30, 30 minutes before the fight because when I start warming up, then I start knowing oh shit, now it's on, now it's real. You know what I mean? And then I start getting that nervous energy, and I try to keep that mu- as much little as possible, so I'm, I don't it doesn't fatigue me. Yeah, well, we've spoken about like the 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 doubts that come from from having a couple of losses and maybe like potentially getting cut if if you lose again and that kind of thing. But you didn't. You got a fantastic finish. You got a big win. How yeah, did you celebrate? Yeah, so was that, I was just a bit like I still he didn't he hadn't sank in like really after I done it. I was like, wow. I felt like this is the beginning, man. This is the beginning. You know what I mean? It wasn't really like, oh my god, I've done it. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh, this is the beginning. So it was a bit like surreal, but um, but, but let me tell you, like after the fight, I went did my interviews, and then I was in the minibus on the way back to the hotel. It was like eleven thirty in the morning because we fight really early at, um, in the apex. So I was like eleven thirty. So I, I, like, I was I was like, oh, I can't go straight in the piece. So what we did, we went straight to um, <laughs> went straight to the strip, got something to eat, and then we just went through the hotels and not getting uh, on the piss like got like, on the junk, junk man. You know what I mean? A few cocktails and that. You know what I'm saying? A few beers. So this this was oh, Vegas, mate. was it? You were just like Vegas, yeah, uh, Vegas, yeah. Just yeah. going through. Team, without, without, like, what was your favourite hotel that you went around for a drink and stuff? Um, my favourite hotel, man. Oh, I like I like um, I like Caesar's Palace. To be honest, yeah, um, it's the classic, yeah, isn't it? It's a classic, the classic, bro. Massive, massive. The Venetians lovely as well. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, I went into the, the first time I went. I went in flamingos. I went there. Uh, last time and I went into like this bar and at the back and that, that was alright they had some food there as well and a few drinks man I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I love about Caesars Palace and this is so just shit of me because it's just like a chain place I love a cheesecake factory Cheesecake factory. Get, I, just, I love a big slab, a huge big <laughs> slab of cake and I'm like yep there's one of those in there I'm Bro, going there I'll, so like I think I was like it was this coming towards the end of the night and I bought like two massive cheesecakes um, took them back to the hotel and that Never had them, right? Fell asleep. Woke up in the morning. I just like fuck it. I took put them on, took them on the plane and, and had them on the plane instead. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely man. Is that what? What's your what's your fate after a fight? Then, like, what what's your go to meal? What's your favourite food? Ah, <sighs> like, do you know what it is? A lot of people. I know people ask these questions. Oh, because I think people like don't eat that like nice after the. Like, do you know me? Right? Yeah. I have a cheat. I have a cheat day every Saturday. Like, it doesn't even, matter. Even I mean, in the lead up to like the weight camp, cuts and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like the week before my fight, I still have a cheat day on a Saturday because, um, like, I can't do it. On, I can't do dieting like four weeks and I'm just, like without nothing nice. I just can't do it. So I literally I diet like I diet hard in the week so then I can get that Saturday. I can get a, a nice meal, nice and a packet of biscuits and a cup of tea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what I love, mate. Biscuit monster, yeah. yeah I love, I love, like, I love my Jamaican food in it. So I just go to the Jamaican shop and get like oxtail and all them thing there, fried chicken and that. Oh, nice no, roti really. or something, lovely stuff. Yeah, you get me. Dumplings yeah. and everything. <laughs> just, just look, looking back at um, uh, at, at your record and stuff, I see that there was a, a, a there should have been a fight with Mark DeCasey. Yeah. Uh, that, that that never happened, and I, yeah. I, I just wonder: uh, is, is that a fight that you'd, you'd still like to happen at some point? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't know if it will happen. I think they'll only do that in like in England. You see, in, sure. London, like in London, yeah. I don't think they would put like two English guys on together against each other like overseas. Um, so I think down the line, if it was in England, um, yeah, yeah, I'll be up for that fight. Um, but like I said, I'm not on the March card in London, so um, I don't know what plans they got for Mark and that. So I'm not too sure. But yeah, my Mark's a yeah. Mark's a top fight. I know he lost his last fight and that, but uh, you know he's a he's a top athlete. Um, I'm sure he'll be back. So yeah, so, I know that big fight. You say you're not on the March card in London. Nah. Does that mean nah, you've nah. signed anything for another time, or you know another time nah. where you'll be fighting? Nah, man. I mean, I thought I would have been on the London card, but like when I got in touch with my manager, they were like, "Oh, it's already full. Like it's all full." Really? Of uh, yeah, apparently I thought they'd have had me on there. To be honest, like you know, the black country banger and that. Yeah, I thought it'd be good. We don't get on the mic and stuff after I knock someone out. But uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, um, yeah. To be honest, I've got to get my um. I'm waiting to get my uh, my second vaccination, and then when I'm fully vaccinated, then I can get over to America and stuff. Uh, so yeah. and that, I'll get that in January. So after that, I'll be uh, 
probably probably in the states somewhere. I mean, I'm surprised by the the fact that, you know, like March is still a relatively long time away. You know, there's a lot of fights that are booked with only like six weeks notice, eight weeks notice, stuff like that. Well, to be honest, yeah, let's have it right. Like, if if there's a pullout there or if there's an opportunity, like, you know, I'll probably be on it. Like, I'll jump on it. But as we we speak now, it's booked, it's fully booked, apparently. Wow. Well, the last the last London card that didn't end up being in London that was a doomed card, wasn't it? Like yeah. everything that was exciting and lined up, and it just seemed each week it was like old Nathaniel's broke his hand, and then it was another thing, and yeah. every fight that was lined up on that just all seemed to fall through. So uh, yeah, fingers crossed we get a, a really good stack card, and hopefully you know we we get to see your scrap on that in in March, Joe. That'd be amazing. Hopefully, man. Absolutely. Hopefully. So we also like to ask fighters about about social media. You know, there's loads of positives yeah. with social media. Some, you know, particularly for fighters, you can use it for sponsorships. You grow in like your brand and all that kind of stuff. But there's yeah, a lot yeah. of negativity that comes with social media, whether it be the trolls or whether it be just like like for me, it's just a fucking time vacuum. I'll I like it's like my thumb works independently from my brain, and I'll check like a WhatsApp <laughs> message, and without me even wanting to, my thumb just goes Instagram or Twitter. Or whatever it is, yeah. and then I'll find myself scrolling for five, ten minutes, and going, "Oh, why am I wasting my time doing this?" So, do you think of social media as a positive or a negative thing? Ah, uh, you know, as it's positives and as negatives, like you know, like building your brand, um, sponsorships, as you said, like uh, yeah. But boy, oh, it's a bit of because what I'm like in my thirties, isn't it? Like I'm early thirties, so it's a, it's a bit of a nose for me to be honest. I don't know about yourself, but I just find it a nose, man. But it's got to be done. Like as a fighter in the UFC, you you sort of got to do it, man. But like, I'll go through a couple of weeks where I'm trying to post every day. And then, like, I go through a week, I just can't be asked of it. Like, you know, yeah. like, I just, it's just, it's just a pain. But, you know, you've got to, you've got to, like, push yourself and stuff. Because then, basically, we're in an era where the more followers you got, the more bloody exposure you're going to get. Or, you know, the more you're going to get pushed. Yeah. So, that's how it is nowadays. So, you just got to put, you just got to, you know, just got to pull up with it. And, and and talking about sort of finding time to do things, am, am I right in saying, you know, until not that long ago, you 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 were scaffolding still? Yeah, so before I got signed, I think I was like, what's it, 2020? I think 2020, like the start, the start after Christmas, I did a month. And then after that, I was there, uh, I, I quit. As soon as I got signed to UFC, I quit my day job. A couple of my coaches like, look, you're going to have, you need to, you need to fully like, go full out on this like you can't be doing you can't be scaffolding like even a couple of times bro like I've, I've thought oh I might go back to work for like a month or something go back to scaffolding like get some more money in because you know I ain't got, I ain't got a fight nothing's like the, the UFC ain't booking me or like um, I've been injured or something and I, I can't like I, I can't get booked for a fight or something like that I thought I'll go back to work but my, my, one of my coaches like nah nah you can't you can't go back to scaffolding you need to be trained like improving and training but yeah yeah like mate trust me I, I was I was like a full full time grafting when I won the cage always title and defended it. You know what I mean, uh, bro? The bills gotta get paid. That's that's you know mad, saying? isn't it? To be a world champion and still have to like be a scaffolder or whatever other jobs people are doing out there. Is that I mean, what I wanted to ask you as well was what with no what knowing all the emotions that came out after both events, what what meant more to you? Winning the Cage Warriors belt or getting your first UFC win? What what means more to you? Um, I don't know. That's a hard one, you know. I, I like I'd won the Cage Warriors belt and I just couldn't believe it. Like when I'd won it, I was like, oh, like I was just. But like I say that, but like I, I knew I was gonna win it. But I just when I did win it, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. It was the same with it when I, I won that UFC fight. I was just so relieved when I won that UFC fight. More than, more than like joy. I was just, it was just relief. But yeah. when I won the cage on this title, I was just like, I was, I was over the moon. Like I was so happy. Yeah. Um, but with that UFC win, because it ordered the shit like the past couple of years, the losses and stuff. I was just relieved to get the win. And I just felt like it was the beginning. I was getting the ball rolling. Yeah. I, mean, I so, suppose um, with I the belt as well, yeah. you've, you've got that nice shiny. You've got that nice yeah, shiny yeah, belt. Yeah, where, belt. Where, where yeah. is the belt? Where, where is it? I've had to put it away because it was on my mantelpiece, but because my my son, he just kept 
pulling it off and he's got sharp edges on it, like, so he's going to end up going to, like landing his bloody head or something. Oh. A little madman. Keep pulling it off and ragging it about, so I had to put it away. Oh, man. We, we spoke <laughs> we to uh, Graham Boylan about this and he was saying that, like, he's always, like... Because I said to him, are you ever nervous putting it on? And I think he said that he wasn't really, but he did say... That they're sharp. No, he didn't. He said he was going to get you on to do the belt at the last he, event. He did say that, <laughs> but that's not going to happen. Um, but I, I would shit myself because I know he said there's like sharp edges around it. Like you drop that on someone's yeah. toes after a fight. That's like <laughs> their toes are gone. <laughs> it's like proper like it's looking like knives on the edges, man. That's why I said I had to put it away because he he kept ragging it off. I didn't want it to go in his bloody in his bloody edge. You know what I mean? How old's your son? Uh, he's, uh, he's he's eighteen months in a week. I think. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen. Crazy. Months. Oh. How Crazy, difficult mate. is that when you're like going to Vegas or going to Abu Dhabi or all the places you have to go to and stuff? That time away uh, is it? Is it quite short, condensed period? So that's not too bad. Or is there t- or like like you hear about some people, particularly in America, because it's such a big country, they'll be living in one place, but then going to train somewhere for ten weeks somewhere else, and they're away from the family for all that time. Do you, do you have difficulties being away, or is it just just only short period, so it's all right? Yeah, it's, like you say, it's only a week. Obviously, you know, and I got there's all FaceTime in that now, so I can yeah. see him. You know what I mean? And my family and my missus. Um, so it's, it's not it's not that bad. I mean, as he's got older, it has got it has got um, harder. To be honest, you know, as he can like he recognises me and he says my name and stuff, and so it's got harder. But I know I'm doing it for for, for him. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know, it's only going to be a week, and I'll, I'll be back. So it's all worthwhile anyway in, in the long run. So you know, it's okay because I only do like I only go out like for a week. I mean, I was in Abu Dhabi and that was like nearly two weeks. So that was harder, to be honest. Mm. But when it was just like a week um, in Vegas, um, you know, it wasn't as bad. Yeah, I've, I've found well, I that. I to see him on the FaceTime and stuff, you know what I mean? So it's all, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've found that with, with like acting jobs and stuff. Like the first like three days, if you're away abroad doing a job, you're like, oh, it's quite nice. I wake up sort of when I want. Yeah, I'm not yeah. being like having someone yeah, jump yeah, on my yeah. face yeah. early in the morning. But then yeah, after yeah. a few days, you're like, Oh no, I really miss him now. And if you're on a long job, it's like, oh no, it's just starting to get me down a bit. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly. You know, he's like, I feel like, oh, I'm gonna be able to, I'm gonna get some sleep. So I will go to, I'm getting in the Vegas hotel. I'm waking up like, like say, like you say, two, three days. Like you know, just like it's mad. Like I feel like I'm back in the tea. I'm a teenager again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just waking up when I want and stuff. Um, but then you start missing them, don't you? So yeah, he, he swings around about this one. Lovely. Lovely. So what what about life outside of, of of the UFC, Joe? Like, what do you like to do? Um, it's a hard. One. I mean, I'm just I'm mostly like I'm training and stuff. Obviously, like, I still train every day. I mean, not every day, so I train like six times a week. Um, only once a day when I'm not in fight camp. Um, yeah, man, I spend time with my family. And that if I'm not in camp, you know, I like to go out on the weekend. Like, I might go out and like you know, my missus for a meal and that if I can, and then or. Of my friends and that going like you know because I, I don't see him in camp so I like to catch up with him and that go out for a drink and stuff. Um, yeah, man, just and just chill like watch a bit like I like I like to watch the fights as well you know like on the nights and that on the weekends uh, watch the football and stuff. So yeah, man, I'm just I'm like a normal guy to be honest, bro. Just do everything normal to be honest, not not special really. But when you're out and about in town, you know you're going for a million misses and you get recognised and things like that. How, how, how is that for you? Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, I don't mind it. Like you know, just if people say hello and stuff, I say, oh yeah, man. Like, thanks for the. I appreciate the support. That's what I always say to him. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, son. So like, it's it's good, man. That people like notice you. And, um, they seem quite. You know, people seem proud of you as well. You know, that you're from Wolverhampton. You like you're bigging up your city. You know, it's not a big city. So like, you, that's why you, like, you get love as well. So like, um, it's it's lovely to lovely to see, man. You know, and people are like, you know, appreciate your work and appreciate like you're proud of what you're doing for the, the town, the city. So, like, yeah, man, I don't mind it at all. Lovely. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Lovely. I wanted to ask you about. We, we, I've been listening to a, a mate of ours, Sean Sheehan, over at uh, Severe MMA. Yeah. He had a, a, a podcast recently, um, and they were talking about eye poke situations. And I think it was, it was Graham on the show was talking about like they should people should be punished more for eye pokes because you know you don't hear of, of eye pokes happening in in sparring much and stuff. And I wanted to know like when you are sparring, are you sparring ever in in the MMA gloves? Or are you sparring in more boxing gloves? And if you are sparring in the MMA gloves, do eye pokes happen in training and sparring and stuff like that? You see the MMA gloves you're sparring, they're the, they're the, uh, they're the sparring gloves, like the bumpers. Like the so six-ounce like, ones or eight-ounce ones yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the six-ounce, so they're like, they do like, like they curl your hand a bit more. So it's a bit harder right. to poke if you're not big. Um, you ha- so your hand's more like like curled, really, if that makes sense. Um, so I think it is hard harder to, to do the pokes, but... I've, um, I have been poked in the eye and I've poked people in the eye in sparring but I think like when I was more amateur it was happening but like in the pros it doesn't happen that much in our gym anyway because I think people are like you know more aware of what they're doing um, but I mean it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a hard one isn't it like I mean yeah. what are you going to do bro like the, the gloves are like how the gloves are and they've got to be like that for the grappling um, it's just it's what it is maybe like you know people should, this should point should get taken um, sooner maybe that would stop it Stop it more, but you, I mean, you're never going to fully stop it. But no. you know, if, if a point was taken, that would stop it, stop the person doing it again in the fight. But I'm again, sorry, and, and even in, in sparring, like the the, the intensity is less, isn't it? So you're not going to be um, as panicked, I guess, a lot of the time, uh, maybe, and putting fingers out and stuff like that. Whereas in an actual fight, as you say, four ounce gloves, there might be moments of like, oh, I've got myself in a shit position, and I'm just, I'm not trying to intentionally poke anyone in the eye. But you are sort of just pushing your hands out a little bit more than maybe what you would in sparring. I, I, I get that, yeah. Like you, you, when someone's coming at you, like you're framing away. Um, but you can still close your fist and do that. You know what I mean? To keep a long. That's what I do in sparring. Like a, it's like a long, like a strong arm, like a yeah. jab. Or instead of putting it, or, or, or even face my fingers up to the ceiling when I do it. Like I don't face, never face them forward towards my um, my training partner. Uh, but but yeah, I mean the intensity is still is still intense. You're not. Like in MMA sparring, like the grappling and the wrestling is still like intense. Um, but obviously the punches to the head are are light. Uh, but the punches to the body and the kicks and stuff to the body and the legs are like they're quite intense as well. What well, what's your kind of sort of stance on on, on sparring? Um, because we, we we're, we're hearing lots of kind of stories from from fighters saying that they're, they're far more sort of smart with their sparring now and, 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 and less is more and, and, and such. And then you've also got other camps. It's like, no, we spar hard and we spar regular. I just wonder where, you know, where, where, where you and, and, and the gym sit on that. Yeah. So the gym sits on it. Like, so we, we do Wednesday, we do um big glove sparring. Um, so it's more kickboxing, but that's shoot boxing. So you still go for takedowns. That's a bit heavier, but even then we're not trying to knock each other out. You know, you, you, at the end of the day, we're, we're training partners. We need to build each other up, you know, help each other. Um, not not be put, knocking each other out and injuring each other. Um, but, you know, we don't want to be putting, you know, it's a long-term game, you know what I mean? You need longevity. And if you're knocking lumps out of each other every week, you're not going to get that. Um, Saturday is MMA sparring, like with the, um, the the bumper gloves on, MMA gloves. Um, so obviously that's not heavy punches to the head. You know, obviously occasionally they get you might you might throw a heavy punch, but it's not like you don't do it intentionally. But you just got to be careful with that. You, that you know, you need to use more. You want to be doing more wrestling and stuff in that in that on that that session. Um, you know, work your grappling more and stuff, and your entering 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 to takedowns. But um, I think like bro, I think you need to spar. Like, there's no other way you're gonna get you're gonna get fight ready than sparring, bro. Like, you can you can do all the conditioning, all the the grappling, the wrestling that you want to do like that will help obviously with your conditioning but bro like there's nothing closer to a fight than sparring and the intense sparring even with the intense sparring you don't have to not look you know you don't have to like be giving each other like concussions and stuff 
You can still be intense, like volume, you know what I mean? You still have to knock lumps out of each other. That's how we do it anyway. We're still quite intense, but like we're not we're not like you're not sending each other on with headaches and stuff. But you have to spar, especially amateurs. I mean, if you get when you get more like I mean, these top girls like Max Holloway might say don't spar. Well, that's Max Holloway, isn't it? He might mm. he might not need to do as much sparring or whatever. But like guys coming up in the game, like you need to you need to be working on your distance, you know, you, your combinations. You, no, not not much. Sorry, your distance, your defense is more important than you than you than your than your um, combinations, your tactics. You know that 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 stuff you need to work on, and you ain't gonna get all that. That's not gonna be sharp unless you're sparring. Right? How? Pads. Mm. That you know what I mean. You're not gonna how you gonna work your distance and that with pads and pads. Yeah. When a man's moving, trying to move in on you and moving back and stuff, and your you defense. Oh, because your pad man's throwing hooks at you, and like you know that does help. Obviously, with your defense and you're slipping, that does help. But it, like the only way you're gonna get as close to a fight is sparring. Yeah, I think that is the key thing. Is that when you have got people like Holloway or, or Robbie Lawler saying, "Oh, we're we're not really sparring anymore, or we're we're, we're sparring incredibly that's lightly." Robbie Lawler, that's Holloway, that's, exactly. Yeah, these are people that have had enough wars for <laughs> more exactly. than hundred people. So yeah, they 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 know what it is to be in a fight. As you say, coming up, if if you're not sparring and you're not having that regular thing, and the only thing you've got close to the fight is the fight itself, that's that's not going to work out well for you, is it? Exactly. I mean. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not advising and, and for the youngers coming up, and for the the Amis and that to be knocking lumps out of each other. But like you know, they can do. Look at the Eastern Europeans. Look at the um, the Cuban amateur teams, uh, boxing teams, and that. Them like playing tag. That's how them they spar like mostly. Obviously, they have now and again to have a like they have an intense one. You know what I mean? But you know that's how you should be. Like you sparring. You like you practicing your head movement. You practicing your, your distance. You know, you're not, you know, you, it's intense, but you're not trying to knock it, not lump out of each other. Because at the end of the day, like, people, we've all got families and stuff. And when we finish fighting, you know, we want to be able to, like, string a sentence together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. 100%. 100%. We talked about your, your son. I know he's only 18 months old, but if he turns around to you on one day and says, Dad, I want to be a fighter, what would you say? How would you feel about that? Look, I'll be honest, like, he can do what he wants, isn't he? but I'll, 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 I'll be honest, I prefer if he, would, he wasn't. Yeah. Like because I mean I might change my view like when I get older and I see him he's really if he's really good and stuff you know what I mean but I mean it is a cutthroat business you know what I'm trying to say it's his um it's one minute you know everyone loves you and everyone, you know it's top of the world next minute you know boom you lost uh, no one gives a shit like whatever you know but it's the, it's the business in it like you know what I mean and it's like and you're getting knocks lumps knocks out of you um getting injuries you don't get paid enough. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, no one gets paid enough. Not even them. Not not even bloody AJ and Tyson Fury. Them man don't get paid enough to get to get brain damage or. I'm not saying they have or they got it. They got it or whatever. Yeah. But you know, no one. T- no one gets paid enough to be, you know, getting concussed and getting knocked out and getting brain damage and stuff like that. So you know, if he was going to be a fighter, then I'd be like, he'd have to be one of them elusive guys. You know, who's not like not not the man who's standing in the pocket trading. You know, uh, he'd have to be like, you know, hit and not get hit. Yeah, yeah. So, and are you very conscious of that? That the the damage taken, where like when you're going into fights or looking back on old fights and stuff like that, are you thinking yeah. to yourself, "I've taken so much damage," and and are you preparing for for when when you think, "Matt, I've I've had enough now." Are you preparing for what comes next after the MMA career? Um, yeah, I do. Obviously, I look at uh, fights, and like obviously, I try not to. And like I was saying, the sparring and everything, I try not to um, take you know take damage and stuff and it, you know in fights it's hard you know it's going to happen but the things that the thing that I think and a lot of people say this um, what puts miles on you and what causes all that like um, these injuries and stuff is, is the sparring is the hard sparring it's not really the fights I don't think um, it's the lo- it's the sparring every week and you know mm. causing damage but um, yeah I mean I, yeah and I'm preparing for after the fight you know I want to I like you know I'd love to set up a gym um, I'm gonna be like be a trainer, coach. I don't really want to go back to scaffolding. I'm gonna. That's why I'm gonna. I'm, I'm preparing for the future now, and it's like you know, hopefully it inspires some other people in Wolverhampton. It's another use. Would that be setting up your your own personal gym, yeah, or would yeah. you be a coach at a, a gym that's already established? I um I could do both. To be honest, you know, I yeah. love to have a, like a, a big gym in Wolverhampton. You know, like a good a mega mega gym. Um, 
you know, earn some good money and, and set up a big gym in Wolves, you know, coach there as well. And if it, you know, obviously I'd love to continue helping out Renegades because obviously they've you've done the, you know, they've helped me out, you know, tons, you know, loads. Yeah. So if they need me, I'd be there for them as well. There's uh, there's a fight coming up in a couple of weeks, which just want to kind of get your your thoughts on uh, Poirier Oliveira. Just wondering yeah. how uh, you see that one going. Um, probably Poirier. You know, I yeah. think um, yeah, I think he's just going to be. It just oh man, it's just like I think he's just going to be too big and too like too strong to get him get Oliveira to get him out of there, man. But, I, but I'm saying that, but like Chandler was is a big strong dude, and like Oliveira not not too much. Didn't he TKO'd him? Yeah. But I feel like Poirier at lightweight now, um, he's just so, he seems so durable and so like, he just knows how to like ride the shots and everything and like, you know, he just, he's just like, no, he's no backstepping from him, you know, he's not, no, there's no, he don't give up like, you know, he just, he just, he's a, he's a tank at lightweight man. So I just, I think Poirier will probably win that. I think. What do you think? I, I, I think what you, I think the durability is a really big factor. Uh, and I think I think of Poirier as a bit more durable than Oliveira because I can see them both landing shots, and I can see yeah, it yeah. actually being quite a good, exciting fight. Um, I think there's a narrative out there where like Oliveira has been seen as like someone that oh, when it really gets hard, you know, he, he gives up a little bit, and I don't believe in that. I mean, we saw in the Chandler fight, he was almost out and all that, and and he's you know, look what he did to. To Tony Ferguson and and and, and Chandler and, and, and was it RDA maybe as well? Like he's he's had a yeah. lot of very very good wins and he's been on a really good win streak. I think I think Oliveira's maybe being underrated a little bit, but I do think that Poirier now that Khabib is gone is possibly the best lightweight in the world at the moment. And uh, yeah, and I think the durability than, factor. Sorry, I think he's better than uh, Oh Islam Makayev. Oh, actually, no, you made me rethink now. <laughs> I think Makachev is, yeah, no, Makachev's an absolute beast. I, yeah, I, I, I think, I think definitely Makachev needs, I mean, he's got to fight Benil Dariush. I think that's the most interesting Ooh, fight. That's for, a great That's fight. the most interesting fight. I, I think Makachev's wrestling is just so good that almost any other fight feels like, oh, Makachev would probably win. And I probably would, if Makachev was fighting Poirier, I'd probably slightly favour Makachev. But not as much as like Khabib Poirier. I think there's there's less of a discrepancy there. But I think um, Dariush Makachev is, is a great fight. It's a great fight. Yeah, it's a great fight. Yeah, great, great fight. That is looking. When is that one? Is that February or something? I think that's February. Booked, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's all booked. Dariush, uh, and then obviously Gaethje's the one who who obviously just beat Chandler and is is probably the next guy in line for the shot. And then unless Makachev or Dariush do something amazing, I think it's going to be. The winner of Poirier Oliveira versus Gaethje, and then the winner of that versus the winner of Dariush and Makachev. I'd love to see, like, you know, like Makachev or something against, like, you know, like Chandler, like a, like a, like a good, yeah. good, strong wrestler, how that would go. Yeah. Down, like, that'd be a good fight. But, you know, going back to what you were saying about um, Oliveira, and they were saying, like, I've heard a couple, couple of things, like, even Gaethje saying, oh, there's no dog in that man. Yeah. You know, when it gets tough, it goes, but is that. When were them? What what fights are you talking about? The fights at featherweights when he's probably like drained and stuff. You know what I mean? That's Proper what like... I've been thinking. Like his chin probably wasn't there as much because he's dehydrating himself. Look so at, much. Look at Poirier. Poirier's yeah. been stopped a few times at featherweights. Mm. Yeah, and that's just that's just yeah, that often that's down to the um, uh, dehydration and stuff. Yeah, you know. So I agree. I feel, like, I feel like maybe you know at lightweight they're both you know they're both like firing better. Yeah, you know more durable. I think it's actually a really close fight. I, I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. It's going to be class. That's 11th, isn't it? Next yeah. weekend, yeah. Yeah. Right. Awesome. yeah. 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 All right. Well, look, we've, we've, we've took up plenty of your time, uh, Joe. We really appreciate been a you, pleasure, mate. Been a you pleasure. chatting to us today, mate. And, uh, and, and just, I guess, want to know, you know, what the, what, what's it immediately in the future? I guess there's no fight booked at the moment. So I, I suppose it's keep training and, and, and wait for the fight to come, right? Yeah. So, I'm looking, I'm going to keep, I'm training. I'm looking to get like, you know, fit enough. So if the short, like you say, London, if that comes up, you know, I can jump on that or like a short notice fight comes up, you know, I can jump, I can jump on that as well. Um, and then, yeah, I'm not, I want to get a good win again because then, you know, I can, uh, it'll be the last fight on my contract. So I want to make a good impression yep. and, you know, and then get another, um, get another contract signed. 
And, you know, click, click on from there. I mean, I think when I first come in the UFC, I was thinking too much forward. But now I've just, like, you know, matured more a bit and settled into it and realised that, you know, this, this like, all, every fight in the UFC now, you know, is, a, is a, an elite level. So, yeah. you know, I'm just taking it fight by fight and concentrating on every fight, fight by fight now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Jai, we wish you all the best. Fingers crossed for the London card. Have a great Christmas. I don't know whether this episode will be out before Christmas or not, but have a great uh, Christmas. Uh, or if this has come out yeah, afterwards, I hope you had a great Christmas. Um, you too, brother. You too. Yeah. All the best, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks, thanks for much. Thank, Listen, Cheers, thanks man. for having me on. Yeah, you can uh, anytime, man. Anytime, yeah. Jai Herbert. Lovely stuff. Lovely, lovely, lovely stuff. And we carried on having a right old natter um, afterwards. Confessed his, uh, his undying love for the in-betweeners, which was very nice, wasn't it? <laughs> it worked. Do you know what? It's, it's really lovely, yeah. I mean, it's because it's always nice. We always do that thing. I think we might have said this before where we're like, we say goodbye to people on the podcast, but then we, we want to press stop and then say another thank you to them because we genuinely do really appreciate everyone that comes on the show and gives up their time for us, you know, they're not getting paid. Mm. To be honest, we're not getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all just doing this for the joy of it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's lovely to just say thank you again. And we did have like a nice, like quite long chat with, yeah. uh, with Jai, even after we pressed stop. And yeah, it's lovely when they say that like, they like the in-betweeners and all that kind of stuff is, is, is really nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, huge thanks to Jai. Um, we would tag him in the uh, all the posts on here on the social. So if you don't follow Jai already uh, on the gram, then uh, go give him a follow. Um, and also, if this is your first time listening uh, to the podcast, then go check out the back catalogue. This will be probably over 70 episodes in there uh, for what does feel like still a relatively new podcast. And We've been blessed with the guests that we've had on, so go, go have a rummage in the archives and you can hear us chatting to the likes of Tyron Woodley, Dan Hardy, Mark Goddard, Angela Hill, Jojo Calderwood, Brad Pickett, Nathaniel Wood, Paddy the Baddie, Ian Gary. Help me out. I'm, I'm running dry. I'm running dry. There's so many. There's almost too many to mention now. Does that mean you can't think of any? No, I can think of loads, mate. I can think of loads. But my point is, is that, you know, th- these interviews, they, they age really well because the way we talk about these fighters is it's not just specifically the fight that's just gone or the fight that's about to happen. We talk, as you know, if you're a regular listener to this show, we, we try and get a bit deeper and talk about a, a, a few different subjects and their career in general. So if there's a fighter that you like and we've had on this show, you can go and listen to that and uh, our episode with them and uh, and just learn a little bit more about them. And it doesn't matter whether that episode was recorded last week or whether it was recorded six months ago. You're still going to find out some really interesting stuff about the fighter, maybe their home life, their opinions on different things like social media, as you've just heard with Giant and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, there's, there's there's longevity to these episodes. So, so feel free to troll through the archives. If any of the names that Stu's mentioned there ring to you and you're, uh, you're a fan of those people, then, then go and flick through the archives and click on that episode. Wonderful. And if you've got your phone in your hand and you're flicking through the socials, give us a follow. Give us a like, love, share, retweet. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. If you just search the MMA Fan Podcast, you will find us. Yeah, like I say, drop us a message. Let us know what fighters you'd like to see us chat to and uh, and yeah we'll uh, we'll say hi right we're back next time Blake we're back next time see you later guys 